reading different books, variation of books today. We're going to start with the book, Hope for Today. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your great love. Thank you for giving us your joy, your laughter. Thank you for making us exactly like you are, Lord. And thank you for the realm of, of gratitude, Lord. We thank you for our toes, our ears, our eyes, our hearing. Thank you, Lord God, for our strong hearts and making us truly in your image, Lord. We praise you and we thank you. We say thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad, for having us in your comfort zone. And we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this readings we have today. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Reading from Hope for Today, February the 2nd says, excuse me, February the 8th. In the past, I focused on anyone but myself, my spouse, my children, my friends. I scurried around trying to meet what I perceived to be their needs, trying to make their lives orderly, comfortably, safe, and secure. I didn't see that I was still trying to control the disorder the discomfort and lack of safety and security of my own childhood was showing up. The program <clears throat> teaches me that I can not make a life a fluffy bed for others. When I keep the focus on myself, I can make my life better. First, I need to stop running away from my own fears and feelings. It is important to face them. Then I can concentrate on myself and learn how to discern what my responsibility is and what it is not. I learned that when I take responsibility for my own side of the bed and accept that the mattress may have a few lumps in it, I can rest comfortably. Thought for the day. When I keep my focus on myself, I can make my own bed as comfortable as possible. I just might give others the opportunity to do the same. Focusing on ourselves actually allows us to release other people to solve their own problems and frees us to find contentment and even happiness for ourselves from survival to recovery page 75 i've been reading to you from a elanon booklet called hope for today and now a reading from god calling for february the 8th on me alone i am your lord your supply you must rely on me Trust to the last uttermost limit. Trust and be not afraid. You must depend on divine power only. I have not forgotten you. Your help is coming. You shall know and realize my power. Endurance is fate tried almost to breaking point. You must wait and trust and hope and joy in me. You must not depend on man, but on me. On me, your strength, your help, your supply. This is the great test. I am your supply or not. Every great work for me has had to have this great test time. Possess your souls in patience and rejoice. You must wait until I show the way. Heaven itself cannot contain more joy than that soul knows. When after the waiting test, I crown in victor. But no disciple of mine can be victor. victor who does not wait until I give the order to start. You cannot be anxious if you know that I am your supply. Woohoo! And now, 24 hours a day, 
February the 8th. Meditation for today. I must rely on God. I must trust Him to the limit. I must depend on the divine power in all human relationships. I will wait and trust and hope until God shows me the way. I will wait for guidance on each important decision. I will meet the test of waiting until a thing seems right before I do it. Every work for God must meet the test of time. The guidance will come if I will wait for it. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may meet the test of waiting for God's guidance. I pray that I will not go off on my own. I pray that I would get revitalized in waiting. Amen. Yeah, I do a lot of waiting. Some people might call that laziness, but I don't know. You think reading is reading takes a lot of effort. Here you go. Now we're shifting over to Jesus Calling. February the 8th. I am above all things, your problems, your pain, and the swirling events in this ever-changing world. When you behold my face, you rise above circumstances and rest with me in heavenly realms. This is the way of peace, living in the light of my presence. I guarantee that you will always have problems in this life, but they must not become your focus. When you feel yourself sinking in the sea of circumstances, say, Help me, Jesus, and I will draw you back to me. If you have to say that thousands of times daily, don't be discouraged. I know your weakness, and I meet you in that very place. Amen. You know, it's really interesting. I was looking at a clip where Oral Roberts was praying for a polio sufferer. You know, I met a guy that had polio. You have a regular kid that's walking around 10 years old, and then he gets the flu, and he gets uh, he loses the mobility of his left arm or leg, and he starts to drag one. And that was my friend. I, I met him through selling life insurance, and we became good buddies. And he... Uh, and I understood polio a lot better. So when I saw Oral Roberts praying for that little boy, it seems like his leg was, he was on crutches. But the point I'm getting to is that he shouted and hollered to heaven, Lord, heal this boy, this pain right here. And something about loud speaking and loud shouting, like Jesus, Jesus calling by the way, the boy did get healed. The boy said that his leg felt better, and then he started walking normally. He believed and expected to get healed. He believed and expected to be healed. So when the Jesus calling say, Jesus, help me, I hope you live by yourself. You can yell and scream like I do. You know, get it into the heavenly realm by saying, Jesus, help me. You know, it can be as, as if you're working on a project or it could be that you haven't forgiven yourself or something or you regret something or you haven't mourned something properly. Jesus, help us. Amen. All right, moving right on. What a great entry. Now, the next book is called Jesus Today by Sarah Young. And this one is not dated, so I'll open it randomly. It says right here, Proverbs 4.11, I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. 
Proverbs 4.11. I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. We are assured and know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to His design and purpose. Romans 8.28, Amplified Bible. And Proverbs 20.24 says, A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? Amen, amen. A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? It seems to me that we are need, are to be grateful and joyful. And then we get directed easier by the Lord with having gratitude. We keep our cup full of oil. I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight path. I know how confused you sometimes feel and how much you long to find the way forward. You have tried so many different things. You have been so hopeful at times. Yet your hope-filled paths have led you disappointment. I want you to know that I fully understand how hard your journey has been. I also assure you that I can bring good out of every bit of it. This is the way of wisdom. Trusting me, no matter what happens in your life. It is true trust that you follow me along the right path. There are many things that seem random or wrong as you go along your journey. Yet I am able to fit them all into a comprehensive plan for good, my master plan. So don't be fooled by the way things appear at a given point in time. You are looking at only a very small piece of a massive big picture from your limited perspective. Your journey may be confusing with puzzling twists and turns. However, with my limitless big picture perspective, I am indeed leading you along straight path what a coincidence huh what a coincidence we opened up to that page where it says i am leading you in straight path there's a passage in jeremiah that says to stand in the street and yell out where is the good old way the truthful way that i may walk in there where are the ancient pathways of good that i may walk in there it seems like we have to prophesy into it. Uh, so it's a great way to start your day speaking loudly into the air, you know, praising the Lord Jesus Christ and saying, where is the good path that I may walk in there today? Amen. If you can remember all that, you're a genius. Okay, our next reading for today is your best life now. Your best life. February the 8th. Think twice as much. Isaiah 54, 2 and 3, Amplified Bible. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Spare not, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right hand and to the left. Isaiah 54, verses 2 and 3, Amplify. Think twice as much. The Bible promises that instead of your former shame, God will give us a twofold recompense. 
Isaiah 61, 7. That means if you'll keep the right attitude, God will pay you back double for your trouble. He'll add up all the injustices, all the pain and abuse that people have caused you, and he'll pay you back with twice as much joy, peace, and happiness. If you will change your thinking, God can change your life. You were born to win. You were born for greatness. You were created to be a champion in life. Our God is called El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. He is not El Chipo, the God of barely enough. He is El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Praise be to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, a reading from the book of Jabez. You know, this one should have its own chapter, but the book is so small. I'm going to try and read you, <clears throat> see how far I get in a chapter. Okay, it's the first, a little prayer, giant price. A little prayer, giant price. It says, I want to teach you how to pray. This is a preface. A daring prayer that God always answers. It is brief, only one sentence with four parts. And tucked away in the Bible. But I believe it contains the key to a life of extraordinary favor with God. This petition has radically changed what I expect from God. And what I experience every day by His power. In fact, thousands of believers who are applying this truth are seeing miracles happen on a regular basis. Will you join me for a personal exploration of Jabez? I hope you will. Bruce H. Wilkinson, reading from the book, The Prayer of Jabez, Breakthrough to the Blessed Life. Here we go, chapter one. Little prayer, giant price. Jabez called on the God of Israel. The little book you're holding in is about what happens when ordinary Christians decide to reach for an extraordinary life, which, as it turns out, is exactly the kind God promises. My own story starts in the kitchen with yellow counters and Texas-sized raindrops hitting the window. It was my senior year of seminar in Dallas. Darlene, my wife, and I were finding ourselves spending more and more time thinking and praying about what would come next. Where should I throw my energy, passion, and training? What did God want us for, for us as a couple? I stood in our kitchen thinking again about our, a challenge I heard from the seminary chaplain. Dr. Richard Saomi, want a bigger vision for your life? He asked earlier that week. Sign up to be a gimper for God. In other words, sign up to be a warrior for God. Want a bigger vision for your life? A gimper, as the doctor explained, was someone who always does little more than what's required or expects in the furniture business, for example, Gimping is putting the finishing touches on the upholstery, patiently applying the ornamental extras that are a mark of quality and value. The doctor took as his text the brief, briefest of Bible biographies. 
Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, First Chronicles 4.9. Jabez wanted to be more and do more for God, and as we discover by the end of the verse 10, God granted him his request. And the verse, and the Bible story. Lord, I think I want to be a Jabez for you, I prayed as I looked out the window at the blustery spring rain. But I was puzzled. What exactly did Jabez do to rise above the rest? Why did God answer his prayer? I wondered. For that matter, why did God even include Jabez's mini profile in the Bible? Maybe it was the raindrops running down the window pane. Suddenly my thoughts ran past verse 9. I picked up my Bible and read verse 10. The prayer of Jabez, something in his prayer would explain the mystery. I had to. It had to. Pulling up a chair on the yellow counter, I bent over my Bible. And reading the prayer over and over, I searched with all my heart for the future God had for someone as ordinary as I. The next morning, again, I prayed Jabez's prayers word for word. And the next. And the next. 30 30 years later, I haven't stopped praying. If you were to ask me what sentence other than my prayer for salvation has revolutionized my life and ministry, the most I would tell you that it was the cry of, of a warrior named Jabez who is still remembered not for what he did, but what he prayed for and for what happened next. In the pages of this little book, I want to introduce you to the amazing truth in Jabez's prayer for blessing and prepare you to expect God's outstanding answers to it as a regular part of your life experience. How did I know it will significantly impact you? How do I know? Because of my experience and the testimony of hundreds of others around the world with whom I share these principles. After the fact, after they prayed for many years and myself. Because even more importantly, the Jabez prayers distills God's powerful will for your future. Again, the prayer of Jabez brings down God's powerful will for your future. Finally, because it reveals that your father longs to give you so much more than you may have ever thought to ask for. Just asked a man who had no future. Someone once said there is really very little difference between people, but the, that little difference makes a great deal of difference. Jabez doesn't stand astride the Old Testament like a Moses or a David or light up the books of Acts like those in the early Christians who turned the world upside down. But one thing is sure, the little difference in his life made all the difference. You could think of him as the prodigy of the genealogy, or maybe the Bible's little big man. You'll find him hiding in the least read section of one of the least read books in the Bible. The first nine chapters of 1 Chronicles are taken up with official family tree of the Hebrew tribes, beginning with Adam and proceeding through Thousands of years to Israel's return from captivity. Talk about boring. The long list of unfamiliar and difficult names, more than 500 of them, are likely to make even the bravest Bible student turn back. Take chapter 4. The descendants of Judah, Perez, 
Hezron and Carmi, and her and Shobal, and then that's just the beginning. Ahumai, Ishma, Idibash, Hazeleponi, Anub. I forgive you if you're suddenly considering putting this little book aside and reaching for your TV remote. But stay with me because 44 names into the chapter, a a story suddenly breaks through. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called him Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me, and that you will keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested, First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10. It says, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. In the next verse, the roll call for the tribe of Judah picks up as if nothing has happened. Shalu, Shua, Mehir. Something about this man, Jabez, had caused the historian to pause in, in Midron, clear his throat, and switch tactics. Ah, wait a minute, he seems to interject. You just got to know something about this guy named Jabez. He stands head and shoulders above the rest. What was the secret to the enduring reputation of Jabez? You can search from front to back in your Bible, as I have, and you won't find any more information than we have in these two brief verses. Things started badly for a person no one had ever heard of. He prayed an unusual one-sentence prayer. Things ended extraordinarily well. Clearly, the outcome could be traced to his prayer. Something about Jabez's simple, direct request to God changed his life and left a permanent mark on the history books of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand will be with me, and that you would keep me from evil. At first glance, the four requests may strike you as sincere, sensible, even noble, but not terribly remarkable. Yet, just under the surface of each lies a giant paradigm, paradigm, breaker that runs exactly opposite to the way you and I usually think. In the past to come, I want to show you just how dramatically each of Jabez's requests can release something miraculous in your life. When was the last time God worked through you in such a way that you knew beyond a doubt that God had done it? In fact, when was the last time you saw miracles happen on a regular basis in your life? If you're like most believers I met, you wouldn't know how to ask for that kind of experience. Or even if you should. What I have to share with you has been opening up lives to God's mighty working for many years. 
Recently, I was in Dallas, Texas on the Jabez Blessing to an audience of 9,000. Later, over lunch, a man said to me, Bruce, I heard you preach the message of Jabez 15 years ago, and I haven't stopped praying it. The change has been so overwhelming. I just have never stopped. Across the table, another friend agreed. He said he'd been praying Jabez's little prayer for 10 years with similar results. The man next to him, I heard a heart surgeon from Indianapolis, said he had been praying it for five. I told them, friends, I've been praying Jabez for more than half my life. Because you're reading this book, I believe you share my desire to reach for a life that will be more honorable to God not that you wish others to reach for less, but for you, nothing but God's fullest blessing will do. When you, sta- when you stand before him to give you an accounting, your deepest is to hear. Again. When you stand before him to give your accounting, your deepest longing is to hear, well done. God really does have unclaimed blessings waiting for you. My friend, I know it sounds impossible, even embarrassingly suspicious in our self-serving day, yet that very exchange you want by God's plenty has been his longing will for your life from eternity past. And with a handful of core commitments on your part, you can proceed from this day forward with the confidence and expectation that your Heavenly Father will bring it to pass for you. Think of it this way. Instead of standing near the river's edge asking for a cup of water to get through each day, you'll do something unthinkable. You will take the little prayer with the giant price and jump into the river. At that moment, you will begin to let the loving currents of God's grace and power carry you along. God's great plan for you will surround you and sweep you forward into the profoundly important and satisfying life he has waiting. If that is what you want, keep reading. Amen. That was the first chapter. Our next chapter is called, So Why Not Ask? And that will be for tomorrow. I have one more book to read. It's called Streams in the Desert for February the 8th. We'll see if it's positive or good. February the 8th. Surely I am with you always. Matthew 28, 20. Surely I am always with you. Never look ahead to the changes and challenges of this life in fear. Instead, as they arise, look at them with full assurance that God, whose you are, will deliver you out of them. Hasn't he kept you safe up to now? So hold his loving hand tightly and he will lead you safely through all things. And when you cannot stand, he will carry you in his arms. Do not look ahead for what may happen tomorrow. The same everlasting Father who cares for you today will take care of your tomorrow and every day. Either he will shield you from suffering or he will give you unwavering strength that you may bear it. Be at peace then set aside all anxious thoughts and worries. Francis D. DeSales. The Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23, 1. Not was, not may be, nor will be. The Lord is my shepherd. He is on Sunday, Monday, and through every day of the week. 
He is in January and December and every month of the year. He is with them at home and in China. He is during peace. He's during peace or war and in times of abundance or, or poverty. Hudson Taylor. Amen. He will silence. He will silently plan for you his object of omission care. God himself undertakes to be your pilot through each subtle snare. He will silently plan for you, so certainly he cannot fail. Rest on the faithfulness of God. In him you surely will prevail. He will silently plan for you some wonderful surprise of love. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, but it has kept for you above. He will silently plan for you. His purpose will are unfolding. Your tangled life will shine at last. A masterpiece of skill untold. He will silent plan. He will silently plan for you. Happy child of a father's care. As if no claim his love, but you alone. To him were dear. As if no other claim his love, for you're the only child to him, very dear. That was a poem from Mary Grimes. Whatever our fate says, God is, he will be. Whatever our fate says, God is, he will be. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you for coming out here today and me shouting and all the neighbors looking into the backyard. God bless you, and get out there, and let's give them heaven. Amen.